Julia, welcome to the Commerce Talks podcast. Uh, we met already in Berlin in October during the Seamless Conference and I've interviewed you on stage about the DIY business in Italy and there you made some very, very interesting claims uh, where I decided, okay, let's talk about those in a podcast. So welcome. Please introduce yourself to the audience and uh, tell us a bit about Leroy Marlin. Hi, everybody. I'm Giulia Staffieri. I'm the Chief Marketing uh, Sales and Omnichannel for Leroy Merlin Italy. And uh, uh, I joined the company one year ago uh, with uh, the aim to help uh, uh, overall uh, colleagues uh, to do the company transformation in terms of uh, uh, digital and uh, business model transformation. And um, when we started the conversation at the Seamless in Berlin, there was like one statement that kind of um, uh, excited me. You said there's like two two um, versions of doing a DIY uh, um, purchase in, in Italy. You can go to the DIY store and then uh, with the aim of do it yourself. So like, like 100% of the purchases in Germany, but uh, almost um, as important is also the um, do it with a service. So you're going to a store and say, I'd like to have this, I don't know, uh, this tiles, but I also need like somebody who's installing those tiles in my bathroom. Can you tell us a bit more about this? Because that was totally new for me. Yes, you're totally right. Actually, our company is uh, considered by the customer to be uh, pretty much selling products. But the idea is to, uh, of course, selling a broad uh, amount of product and services altogether. So moving, let's say, reshaping uh, what uh, uh, the feeling of our customer is uh, today to what we already uh, are able to deliver. We deliver services, we do installation, we uh, kind of uh, uh, create a full net in terms of uh, architects, uh, designer, if you have uh, uh, the, the need to restructure your house. So you just come to Leroy Merlin with a need, a specific need. You need to restructure the bathroom, the kitchen, or uh, you know, just uh, buy a small product and we can cover the full uh, path of, uh, uh, of needs. But you have seen like the some of the um, DIY stores in Germany or, or like in, in in Switzerland, Austria, and, and Spain, and usually it's kind of a it's kind of a self service setup. What you're describing sounds more like um, a boutique. You know, there's like a, an ongoing joke in the German DIY space. It's like when you really want to have a, a quiet afternoon noon at a Saturday, go to a DIY store and uh, um, and stand uh, beside the info uh, the info counter because nobody's there and so nobody wants yes. to nobody wants to talk with you. What you're describing sounds very different. It 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 it, it sounds like people are waiting for for customers who wants to renovate kitchens or wants to renovate bathrooms or whatever it's kind of a it's a it's like a fully vertical integrated um, DIY experience Yes, actually, you have to think about uh, a pyramid where at the bottom we have the uh, self-service activities. So the customer can enter, can uh, uh, make a purchase, and potentially in a few months, uh, um, let's say they can also uh, go outside the store with uh, without uh, paying uh, at, the, at the traditional cashier. So like the Amazon Go experience, to, to make it simple. So they enter, take the product, and go out. We're not mm -hmm. still there, but the, the idea is, of course, uh, to uh, to modernize uh, our digital assets in in order to enable this. 
And then at the top of the pyramid, you have the self-service, uh, at the contrary of the self-service, you have the full uh, assisted experience. What do we mean with full assisted? Uh, we mean that uh, even if we um, find a customer that doesn't have uh, a specific need or doesn't have a clear idea of what he needs, we can, through our associates, help him to find uh, exactly um, within the Leroy Merlin store uh, a way to exit the store with uh, um, a value proposition. So uh, the possibility to uh, have, um, let's say, um, a full bathroom experience or uh, to restructure a little, a, a small part of the area, a small part of the house. So we kind of cover the full uh, uh, range of pyramid from full services to full assisted. Mm. And you're like responsible for the omnichannel ex experience and obviously this is a market and like a business model that started with like a, a full focused um, brick and mortar experience like um, online the online business only started a couple of years ago can can you guide us a bit like through the learning curve of Leroy and and, and how does it fit into the um, existing business model yes we just discovered last time when we ta uh, when uh, we talk uh, on um On the conference that, uh, of course, uh, Leroy Merlin uh, uh, does uh, uh, almost 90% of the sales uh, within uh, the brick and mortar area. No, uh, we're really strong on that area, and uh, this is what we wanted to put to uh, go on uh, for for a uh, for long period of time. So uh, the strategy is not to reduce, uh, even if we are omnichannel, is not to reduce uh, the um, retail store contribution. But the idea is, of course, to scale up uh, with all the digital channels. So meaning uh, the online platform like e-commerce or the marketplaces or some partnership that we can do with uh, um, off-site um, uh, to, to, to our, let's say, core business model in order to scale up. Uh, what we want to do is to offer the customer the full ranges. We call the, this approach the 5P. 5P means uh, the sum between uh, what it is, the 1P, so uh, first party, meaning what the company uh, gives to the customer as Leroy Merlin, and what we call 3P. So 3P for us is the marketplace because we have... Uh, um, partnership with sellers, we have a partnership with different um, suppliers that we didn't have before. And if we do the sum of one plus three for us means five, it means that we can cover even what we didn't have uh, the possibility to cover without the marketplace. And the, um, what, what, It super sounds super interesting and compelling, but um, how do you manage the different services that are needed? Like for for example, like installing a kitchen, you, you need a carpenter service, you need logistics services. There might be some uh, some some installation services the carpenter is not doing some electric installation. And when I'm talking with managers from DIY uh, stores um, um, outside of Italy, they're saying it's very hard to orchestrate those services because usually the 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 kitchen carpenter is is own it's it's a it's a one-man show uh mm -hmm. it's 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 very hard to connect this one-man show with digital services because his calendar his availability his prices are not online it's a very very manual process so how do you do it it's it's are those people um employed by your company or is it really like a, a marketplace model No, uh, we did we did a partnership. So the the savvy ideas that was uh, already uh, let's say um, put in practice a couple of years ago was to create a partnership with a local uh, supplier that was already really strong in the market. So in the Italian market, and uh, um, on top of this, uh, 
try to create to create a circular uh, approach so kind of the circular economy with the artisans really small uh, artisans uh, uh, on the uh, local uh, um, cities so in Milan in Rome in uh, Florence wherever we have uh, a store we kind of uh, create a network with the local community and select the best artisans. We ask the artisans to enter this partnership. And then through the partnership, we provide a full uh, list of services also for the artisans. So for example, they have the traffic that is uh, given by Leroy Merlin. So all the uh, visitors, all the potential customers are coming from Leroy Merlin. The, um, the services and the uh, price is already prefixed. So we have uh, an agreement with them uh, that uh, we um, each lead at the end of the story uh, brings uh, a specific amount of money for Leroy Merlin and for the partner. So everything is clear, clear from the beginning. And uh, since the customer are pretty uh, satisfied with the service that we provide, uh, there is a positive uh, uh, circle with the new artisans coming to the partnership. So it's uh, you know creating talent uh, from uh, uh, inside uh, with uh, with this uh, with this approach. And, and and what is like the share of um um of this like both pillars so are there more people in the traditional diy kind of service uh, buying products or is it even more important the uh, to to have like the serviced diy experience mm. what i what i used to say is that we are uh, in in the transition as a company so we are moving from uh, a classical uh, um, commodity approach, so uh, from the products, just selling the product to selling the services and selling the overall experience. Mm. Uh, I don't know if you recall uh, the Pine and Gilmore uh, uh, professor from Harvard uh, already in 2000, so a lot of years ago, uh, defined this kind of uh, value chain. So they said that once uh, a big uh, retail store, um, let's say, overcome uh, the moment uh, in which they sell only the product, they need to push really, really fast uh, from the product to the services. What we are doing today is uh, um, selling uh, within the store, pretty much on the retail store, the product, then we uh, sell the services. But what we do like to do, and we are quite uh, good at that already, is to create communities on the local uh, market that can uh, um, be trained. So create communities of customers that can be trained by us in a way that uh, um, they need to restructure, for example, uh, um, a specific part of their house. They can do it both in a do-it-yourself uh, uh, manner or served by us. Mm -hmm. So the, really, really the, the, the change that I wanted to transmit to you is that we are kind of uh, helping the customer to change the mindset, not doing yourself by, um, by default, but also considering the chance to be helped by us. How do you measure this? Because this kind of transformation you're describing sounds correct to me mm -hmm. but uh when it comes to like uh, investments it's usually very hard to um to get rid of existing investment schemes marketing schemes because marketing departments will always say okay we were super successful bringing people in our stores and see julia 90 of the revenue is in the store why should we even give out more money to google or facebook or whatever creating top of funnel awareness for this kind of services which you will need like from a future perspective or long-term perspective to drive this transition. But there's like, it, it's kind of a, it's kind of a channel conflict, a fight. How do you experience this? Yeah, I totally agree because this is the question that all the companies uh, approach in the omnichannel uh, um, area, let's say this way. 
uh, ask. So in our case, what we did was to, uh, at the beginning, measure all the digital campaign with the ROAS, so return on advertising spend. What we are doing right now is to create, uh, together with uh, an external supplier that is a third party, so it's not you know within the company, so is, there is no conflict between uh, all the different departments that can be uh, inside the company, uh, an econometric model that we show us exactly if one channel or the other one uh, brought uh, the final uh, uh, purchase and how those channels influence each other. So the, the famous uh, robo effect, so research online, purchase offline or uh, vice versa. And we're trying to measure it, measuring it. And we want to do it with uh, an external partner. We will be ready in, um, I would say, six months. Uh, so for the moment, we are just... Uh, um, measuring what we already um, have in terms of uh, performance. And we measure the peak where we launch a specific campaign, uh, where we launch uh, a discount as uh, everybody else, or when we launch an awareness campaign. So we have specific KPIs for those campaigns. And uh, uh, what I can tell you as an example is uh, uh, really um, uh, counterintuitive. But for example, when we do the uh, training within our stores to the customer, so free training to explain them how to, you know, uh, change uh, a layout in their house or to put, uh, you know, uh, um, a decoration or to do something really, really simple. Uh, when we do this kind of, uh, of training, the customer within the same day enter the store and make a purchase all the time. So like 95% of the time, uh, someone that entering for free the course make a purchase. So for us, it's really, you know, a, a level um, instead of... Um, you know, creating a campaign, uh, we just uh, give those scores for free and then uh, have uh, a positive effect on the on the sales. Mm. Got, got it. Um, how how do you see the um, rise of new pure online channels uh, from from your company's perspective? Because Mano Mano is active in Italy, Amazon is obviously active in Italy, and there was like over the last like 10 years, there would have was a lot of negligence saying, yeah, those companies cannot sell what we are selling in a brick and mortar uh, DIY experience because nobody is going to order cement or wood or whatever from those stores. But, you know, they start with small items, um, expensive items, um, uh, uh, some specialized scissors, um, um, power tools, stuff like this. So. Is this an issue already? Do you see it um, that people are more and more buying uh, uh, parts they used to buy in a brick and mortar experience now online and maybe at some of your competitors? Yeah, they, they buy it online and that's why we have an online and a marketplace as well. So uh, we try to, to broaden as much as possible, you know, uh, our offer of channels and also of uh, product and services. Of course, being a poor player is very different from being a big multinational uh, retailer with a lot of different channels. Their advantage, as you know better than me, is that, of course, they can focalize on a specific category of product. So they can go uh, really, really in deep of that category. Uh, and uh, if the service, the level of service is really nice, so the purchase uh, and the overall sales funnel is really nice, then uh, the poor player is uh, in a advantage position position let's say uh, our instead uh, uh, pro of the retailer is that we can have uh, the full consultancy with our sales associate in the store we have more than uh, 8500 sales associates within italy so those guys has, are really well trained and uh, really prepared in uh, explaining 
every different between one product and the other one uh, if the customer comes with a need probably that need is not the one that they really want uh, they want something else so uh, we we try to dedicate a lot of time to the customer treating them uh, really really uh, as a uh, you know, very precious for us in a way that we can uh, create a trustiness uh, and uh, the customer come back uh, in a loyalty scheme uh, uh, really often. So for us, it's more uh, working on the customer and the trust than uh, uh, selling a specific one-shot uh, product or even upselling. And what, what kind of loyalty uh, mechanisms do you employ there? Do you have like a, a little Y card, discount, whatever? So you know, the more you shop with your with your store, the more discounts you're getting. Um, I, I'm just thinking about if, if there's a similar practice in Germany. I, I cannot recall it, but would make sense, right? So, or, or you're getting a free trailer, you're coming with your car, whenever you are buying something, you get a free trailer to bring all the cement, all the wood, all the tiles back to your home would also be like a smart service, I would say. Yeah, that, that is smart, I have to say. Um, we come I from should, I should write it down. It's a, it's I, a good idea. I can, like, uh, I can uh, take your idea. <laughs> no, the, the point is that we come from a period where uh, the loyalty was really a basic one. So you make uh, some purchase, you get some uh, um, credits, and the credit uh, can be translated in uh, euro. Okay, so get one euro to go to for the credit. Uh, that, of course, is really, uh, um, I would say, a, a no-style approach. So that's why we are in these days really changing to a new um, to new membership approach. We already uh, discussed with the customer. We already did a test. We already invited them to to this new um, way of uh, doing the loyalty. And uh, for the first results that we already have analytical results, uh, those uh, customers are really happy with the change, because in the new uh, approach, it's not anymore you know a, mem a loyalty card, but it's more a membership. So being part of a club and within a club, you know that uh, you can have. Um, Uh, experiences for free you can have uh, uh, training for free you can have discounts so based on whatever the customer wants if they want if they want the money back they can have the money back if they want to have extra value in terms of uh, services they can have those extra values for free or if they want to have uh, different experiences uh, a lot of different experiences we can have also you know a a list, let's say, of uh, uh, possibilities for them to entertain during their life uh, since we are uh, uh, we are approaching the way that we are uh, a partner within their house and within their life. Since the house uh, is not anymore what we wanted to do. Uh, you know, in English, it's easy, very easy to, to make you understand because we are moving from the house to the home, you know? The house is really some, something generic, more, uh, you know... Uh, cold the home is really whatever you do without within the house so it's the family is the experience that you have uh, is the feeling that you have within the home so turning you know from house to home is a huge um, change mindset change in terms also of our customers when you think about like expanding your business is uh, your company rather thinking then in building new um, brick and mortar stores or renting new spaces or maybe buy like a uh, competitor or is more thinking about like expanding in the marketplace business building new services because building mm -hmm. a new service or infrastructure might be as expensive as building a new store mm -hmm. but in the old world of retail having a store 
feels like something real, right? Ah, there's a store, yeah. a store makes like, I don't know, 5 million a year, like investment is pretty clear. This kind of marketplace idea from Julia or like whatever services she came up with, yeah, it's interesting, but you know, you don't know what the payback is because we are living in a risky digital scheme. Uh, so let's rather build a new store. So how do you look at it? We do both <laughs> <laughs> because we don't want to choose. No, mm. <laughs> no I'm joking. Now we do both actually uh, because uh, every year we um, usually try to to uh, open stores or uh, even uh, open a new format. For example, last year uh, at the, uh, the end of the year we launched a new format that, that's really really nice, uh, a new format of a showroom. So you know that Leroy Merlin is positioned in in the outskirts of the city, so really pretty much thirty minutes from the city center to be simple. Okay, so for example, in the Milan area, we have uh, four or five stores in the outskirts, reachable from the city center. What we did was to launch a small store, a small format store, a new concept one in the city center, really, really in the center. So five minutes from the uh, the main church of the of the city, and over there you have uh, the services. So it's only restructuring. Is a showroom where you can see the most precious material, and we you can feel that Leroy Merlin is also premium. So, in order to um, uh, elevate the brand premiumness, we are really lucky because we have products that are premium. Our sales associates are already premium, but the customer doesn't know. So, opening this, those new format, even if the um, the let's say uh, the 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 store is not so big as the one that we have uh, outside is really, really very, very well performing in terms of rentability per square meter and sales per, per square meter as well. So, so you're competing then with this kind of boutique approach with usually when people buy a new kitchen, which is like a huge investment. Now I've just learned like average, like new kitchen price in Germany is like somewhere between 15 to 20K, which is yeah. ridiculous, but can even go up to like 40K, like a new car. And you're buying this kitchen usually in a kitchen center. So, But this is kind of the business you're competing with then, right? So you yes. want the person coming to your boutique or to your outskirts center and say, I would like to build a kitchen center with Leroy and, uh, and not with, uh, with a small vendor who's only selling like one kitchen a day or so. Yeah, because if you think about it, the crazy thing is that we, we have the quality and we have the uh, the capability in terms of company and people. Okay, it's just a matter of perception of the customer, and that's why at the end of um, this year we're gonna launch also a big campaign to um, elevate our brand positioning to explain all the things, different things that we do to our customer. Um, our company being a part of uh, uh, the ADEO group, in terms of the DNA of the company, the DNA is really to be humble, not communicate so much, so really being more uh, so soft in terms of communication. But now this is the year to, after a lot of years where we were uh, a little bit uh, uh, softer, to communicate together with the big and uh, a very impactful uh, price approach, also the positioning. To make a silly example, um, I did the, the um, I did the renovation of my house in, into Leroy Merlin because I uh, I was already working there, and uh, I make of course comparison between specialist approach, so a boutique in the city center and the Leroy Merlin because I was working there. Okay, so just you know, in terms of uh, matching with uh, uh, with those two uh, approaches. And I discovered that the same amount, uh, uh, the same product were available in the specialist and the, in the Leroy Merlin, but the price and the level of service was completely different. 
So in the boutique, I felt like very, very cozy environment, you know, with the, uh, I took a cup of tea, was really, really cozy. Okay. But at the end of the story, when I went to Leroy Merlin, I did have the same level of services and the price was really, really low, lower than the other one. And the product was exactly the same. So we're trying to, you know, explain this uh, and uh, make it, uh, um, well understood in terms of uh, the value proposition. What What's your experience with like the newer marketing channels? Because I'm watching a lot of YouTube uh, mm -hmm. shorts where people are showing off their new power tools from Fest Tools usually or some other stuff and building. So it's kind of, um, it's, it's like a yoga session. You know, when somebody's doing like a renovation in the house and you're watching this like for 20 minutes, it's, it's, it's really cool. But obviously it's, it's, it's also a nice opportunity to, to engage with this kind of community saying, if you want to do this in your region, you're watching this or... We have the perfect equipment uh, here, similar to what was shown in the video. I, I don't know if this is even possible within YouTube, but um, do you have some experience, or maybe maybe there are some like DIY influencers where you say, okay, these should be like influencers uh, working with only your material, your stuff. So, what's your view here? Yeah, we do it already. We do it in a minor part, but uh, uh, the most successful one uh, initiative in terms of those new channels is the uh, live shopping. You know that in China is huge yes, live shop, yes. no? Okay. In Italy, it's not so big, the market, so it's a small part of the market. But we already started doing uh, this uh, live shopping before I joined the company. So several years ago, uh, was uh, one of the, I, I would say, one of the first in Italy to do this kind of, uh, of stuff. And it's really well performing. So the, the last one that we did was uh, around um, about barbecues, for example. So we were outside with two different barbecues, uh, two different teams, you know, using the barbecue with a lot of uh, uh, product that you use when you uh, make the, um, the meat grilled. Uh, and then uh, at the end of the story, the um, the customer interacted online uh, on the social media, interacted online and purchased already during the, the live, uh, those those kind of products. So for Italy, it's really, really... But do you believe this live shopping will be scalable? I, I know it's super popular in China and that's where, where mm. TikTok shop is so popular in China or the, the, the Du Ying, uh, how mm. it's called there. But... Um, And, and I saw many, many, many tries uh, doing this live shopping stuff in, uh, in, in, in Europe. And, you know, live shopping in Europe usually is translated from television shopping, right? So mm -hmm. that's, like, yeah. that's, our, that's our DNA of understanding live shopping. Yes. I think that's like the first mistake because it's something very different. But, mm -hmm. uh, but, but do you think it really can become big? Like saying, okay, today, 2 p.m., Julia is showing off uh, how she is like uh, uh, grinding in the kitchen, doing like a new surface, whatever thing. Honestly, no, honestly, I don't think so. Honestly, I think it's going to be always, you know, uh, a, part, a small part of the, of the sales, but uh, it's not going to be uh, something so big for uh, related to the Italian uh, culture. Eh? So it's something really, really uh, in Italy, being in the south of Europe, uh, probably the approach is more to, you know, have someone, a human touch, a human feeling. So mm. they really want to have someone uh, uh, to, to, to talk to. And to have some advice, to discuss, to you know, invest even two three hours of their time to to purchase and make a, a choice. Is, is, is DIY uh, doing it yourself? Is it as popular as in Germany? Because here it's like you see like DIY stores everywhere, and people love it. Yeah, it's popular. I have to say this is less popular than Germany and France, because in Italy. Um, 
usually we are a little bit, uh, I would say, in a, in a positive way, yeah, but a, a little bit more lazy. So we want to have uh, uh, all the things already done in a way. So uh, when we're discussing about house uh, or homing, uh, the do-it-yourself is strong, uh, but uh, we prefer to buy product and uh, installation altogether. I, I, so I totally, that's why I, the services are really a good market to, to sell those kind of uh, services. I, I totally get it. In, in, in another Commerce Talks podcast, I had a guest who, where we were talking about also um, do-it-yourself do capabilities of our generation because like mm. many, many people are not trained in doing power tool stuff anymore. They'd like to watch it, but they don't understand how it works. And then he said, yeah, his father was like building uh, <laughs> his parents' house more or less on his own, everything, like kitchen installation and, uh, and bathroom installation and, and, and outdoor stuff garages and like when he was like turning 60 uh doing this like for 35 years and uh, then he was looking around and then he was always building it himself all the weekends all, all the stuff but that's it that's what he made out of his life building a house and then we say okay that's maybe not a smart investment just doing it yourself for doing it yourself purposes that's not what this is about uh but some so we have a lot of people in in, in, my, in my parents generation that came out of this self-building stuff because it's affordable no no service infrastructure was there it was just too expensive to let a carpenter come and do the stuff so just people learned it and the abilities you see here in the communities is crazy what people can do but uh, so that's why I'm, I'm kind of um, drawn into the self-building stuff uh, all the mm -hmm. time but that's what I say where I say okay after two or three hours there must be a stop then I really focus on quality time with the family or doing going to dinner whatever and then I, I pay someone to do this stuff because I don't want to have the same story in 30 years that yes I'm proud I've built all myself but I've never seen the world because I was focused on building, uh, building the uh, garage, um, the, uh, the, the, the garage door, for for example. Yeah, Alex, I totally agree with you because uh, uh, our generation, I put myself uh, uh, within this generation, so the millennial and going down are more greedy in time in terms of time. Oh, it's funny that you think I'm young enough to be a millennial. But yes, totally agree with you. It will be interesting to see how the current and future generations shape the future of DIY. Julia, thank you for your time.